Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. UPS is hiring day sort warehouse workers in our Louisville, Kentucky hub. Our warehouses are team settings where everyone truly has each other's backs, and we work together to deliver what matters to customers and communities. We're paying $20 an hour and offer great benefits, including up to $25,000 in tuition assistance. Eligibility begins the day you're hired. Shift your future, shift your team, shift your life. Visit upsjobs.com to apply. That's upsjobs.com. Make the shift, make a difference. Injured in a car accident? Visit SueDistractedDriver.com. Time now for Soccer City. Six players in the wall for L.A. It's Niall McCabe. He goes for a goal and he scores. Niall McCabe around the wall. Powered by your Kentucky and Toyota dealers. Right here on ESPN Louisville. Package will strike and scores! Now, here are your hosts, Benton Newman, Zach Allen Kelly, and Jason Entz. Welcome to Soccer City Radio. My name is Benton. Zach. Zach, how are you doing today? Ah, I'm doing, I'm doing just okay. <laughs> are you feeling... <laughs> it's been a week. A little bit better. Yeah, it's, it's been a couple weeks, I guess. What's time? How, like, how long has it been? <laughs> it's felt like an eternity, yes. I, I, I agree with you there. The, the hurt is still there, but... Uh, but we power on and, and we wait for, for more information. And we made the decision, so we had a lot going on last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we did. A lot, lot of heavy things that we wanted to get to, and we just skipped the games completely. And in the in between, we have decided that the players put in a lot of work to get some pretty good wins in, the, in that past week. And so we are going to take some time uh, to highlight the the performance that the players put on especially with racing i mean like turning things around near the end of the season and i think those players especially now deserve some support so we're gonna we're gonna hop into time machine back to to last sunday (laughs) and talk about some games we'll hit the rewind button i agree with you i mean i think we owe it to them to to talk about their their on-field performance so we'll talk about racing louisville's last match against orlando we're also going to talk about louisville city's match against detroit and in between um, you know, we're not going to shy away from the subject like we did last week. We're going to be talking with Gary Gibson. Uh, he's a he covers Gotham, and we're going to talk about um, sort of the Gotham side. I mean, yeah, these the- are we are now two clubs that are I think forever intertwined. So I think it's it's good to get maybe some of the Gotham perspective on on what's been going on yeah, last two weeks. A lot of a lot of new news for them too, and they I mean they were plagued with the, the same Christy Hawley. Problem. I'm going to say the same problem, but a Christy Holly problem. So, kind of want to get their perspective, and we'll before we bring him on at the the second part of the show, we'll we'll kind of outline that. But let's start off. Let's start with some positives. Let's talk about racing Louisville's last match of the season, final home, home game, final Orlando. game against uh, Orlando, Orlando, yep, Orlando, Kansas City. I thought. Did I get the order of the games wrong? No, I wrote it down wrong. I had the right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have the right. Oh thing man, you threw me off. And <laughs> I was like, oh no, I rewatched the wrong game. <laughs> Guys, I'm I'm still yeah, my mind's still jumbled. Okay, yeah. just well, bear okay. with me. This is, for some setup, I remembered specifically that. Oh, hold on, real quick. UPS Jobs text line. Join us in the conversation four three seven nine six eighty. Now you can continue. 
Look at me. I'm a mess today. The only reason I remember it is specifically Kansas City had a home playoff game on the line. So it was an even bigger win for racing because really nothing on the line for them other than pride, but legitimately fighting for for a, like their, their home playoff spot for Kansas City. So big, big win. Yeah, it wasn't a throwaway match for him. And that, so that's, that's kind of what made it fun. And uh, it, got, it was also, also it's fun to take, to take nice things away from other teams, even when you're eliminated from uh, the so playoffs. That's about, that's about all we could do at this point. Yeah. It was a little scary at first because I think it was within the first 10 minutes. They got a good look on goal. It was off a, off a corner kick. You know, flew over and then they um, they hit it in and um, they had a lot of Lund good looks early. To, yeah, Lund had to make a nice diving save on it, and it's very on brand for racing to concede early. So I, when you see shots like that, you, they really weathered the storm early in that game. I don't know if it's yeah. the one you're talking about, but the where the Kansas City player like backwards kicked it kind of from behind. Had to, she, had, she had to literally do like a diving lunging save, just batted yeah. it away with the hand. Um, yeah, I think we're talking about the same moment. But yeah, like. Uh, Rewatching that, it's it's hard to understand biomechanically how how and I'm sorry I can't remember which player it was, but how the how the Kansas City player even got on that ball because like legs shouldn't be able to kick backwards like that. That was a that was just a, a very good move for her. That's why she's a professional athlete. Yeah, a, I, she was able to figure it out. I would have, I would have thrown a hip out if I tried that one. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I can't. I don't even think I could have hit that goal bound if it went right to me. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason I played defense in the old man league. <laughs> but we did get our own looks as well. I mean, they may have pelted us with a lot of shots, but we got a good number off too. And I'm just thinking back. I want to say it was like 20-some-odd minutes in. Lauren Millay had this perfect opportunity oh, a to sit her. And then she sends it skybound. It might have hit the video board. Um, you can hear the in the crowd. Like one of those noises where like everyone is ready to get up out of their seats. And yeah. you sky one, it's like kind of deflates everybody a little bit. Yeah, that it kind of felt like after a while, I was like, man, that might have been the moment. That like we might have... We might have lost our opportunity there yeah. to get a goal. But um, like you said, it was a very back-and-forth match. Um, I mean, we did very well to keep them out of the goal. They still got a ton of shots off on us. 14 total shots, 6 on target, which yeah. is suboptimal, to put like it Like I politely. said, weathered the storm. But they weathered it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the important thing. They showed grit. It wasn't a perfect performance, but they showed grit, determination. They hung in there. They didn't get downtrodden or anything. And you want to talk about that finish? Of that match, Woo. Do I, first, do we want to do we want to go on a film photography t- tangent about the finish? I have, want, yes. have you heard this story yet? I want, yes, share because we've been we've been extolling the virtues of, of analog photography here here on the show and on our podcasts. Uh, I, I made <laughs> I had my first big analog photography mistake, Bitten, because uh, I was this is the first time all season for a racing game that I actually was down on the field taking pictures on the side of the field when racing scored a goal you were so excited i was there i was i was literally 15 feet away from jess when she scored that goal and and i I got my nice i say new it's a 20 year old camera but i got my camera with burst mode so i can take like four pictures a second um so i got the i got the whole sequence the burst mode i'm all excited i i go home i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna stay up late tonight and I'm going to develop these because I've been developing pictures at home lately. And, and I get to see these tonight. I don't got to wait two weeks to get it back from the lab. And so I go home. I test all my chemicals ahead of time because I want everything to be perfect. I'm like, oh, my fixer 
my fixer is like a little spent. I want it to be nice. So I mix some new fixer. And then I go directly from mixing the new backs of fi- fixer. I start my timer and I pour the fixer in first, which I, anyone who's not familiar with film photography. Probably def- most people listening. Yeah. You put your <laughs> developer in first and that develops it. And then you put your fixer in and that washes away all of the film that hasn't been developed. And so I, I notice about 15 seconds in that I grabbed the wrong jug. I pour it out. I have just a blank roll of film. <laughs> so I did not get a single picture from that night. Those pictures are lost. They're forever gone. I just got the memories. But they're good memories. Hey, but Connor Cunningham was there and he captured the moment. Yeah. He got you. But <laughs> beautiful game winner by Jess at the depth. It was- you could see it coming the moment she got that ball, too. That's like the, the reason I was able to get a, what I what probably would have been a good sequence of pictures is like the spot she was in is like she's burying this one. Like she got that pass. She made the perfect run. She got the ball at the exact right time. Just a beautiful goal sequence. I knew that was going to be the last opportunity at minimum, so I was watching that like in slow motion and watching that goal score. Oh, it brought back flash memories of that very first racing match where Brooke Hendricks got that. That it was a game tying goal, but yeah. it was a goal at the death nonetheless. And just the just how excited the atmosphere was just exploded. Like, oh, that's those are the kind of beautiful moments in this game. These yeah. late late goals. And we were on the right side of that. And what a way to end the season. What, what a beautiful ending to the season. Well, and I, I, I just want to shout out, especially the last two weeks, the, the midfield play from racing. I think we've really started to see kind of like what everyone is like imagining would be possible with that midfield. Like that, that midfield was finally starting to play like a midfield that has multiple women's national team players on it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think Jalen is really came into her own at the end of that season. I, I think, I think it's been an adjustment for her coming from Florida state to here where Florida state, she always had the best back line mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in college behind her. So she had, had free free opportunity to to step up and try to win balls and if she didn't win the ball she was always protected behind her and i think it's been an adjustment in a league where you know no one no one is that much better than than all the other teams and and so she's had to learn to play just like stylistically a little different than she did in college and i think you really last couple weeks saw all that start to click for her. Yeah, the last few games, I think in general, you're starting to see flashes of what this team can be. Yeah. It's a very, it was a very optimistic way to end this season. I mean, I think there's still certainly problems that be be rectified. Again, we gave up a lot of shots against that game. Could have That's easily the not, not there. Easily but been you could see it. Like you could, you could see the outline of it. Yeah, that, yeah, and, the, and that's what you know we can't gloss over with how frustrating things have been around around here the last couple of weeks. It's important to remember we with with how much this team struggled defensively at times this season. You end with two clean sheets at home. Yeah. You know, you you give up one goal in your final two matches total. You beat two teams that were ahead of you in the table to end the season. It, it, that was what for me was most frustrating about how the last week and a half has gone is all that excitement got ripped away yeah. yeah, of what should have been, you know, from a very frustrating season, a glimmer of hope going into the preseason of for as much as this team could have given up and quit, 
they rallied down the stretch and put together some good performances. Yeah, exactly. And you got to think that we were missing key players towards the end there. Nadi obviously got re-injured. Um, Tembe never got a chance to join the team. Uh, Wong was was out for I think just the last two matches. Those are all pretty pretty big notable players that uh, that could could make a difference. So again. A lot of you know, a lot of optimism on the field as far as what we were seeing towards the end, and yeah, like you said, the, a lot of the surrounding stuff has, has detracted from that, and that's that's a bit disappointing. But I mean, I'm glad we did right by the players and talking about what they were able to accomplish on the field, and yep. you know, I'm excited for what they can do on the on the pitch in the future. Yep, I mean, I think that's why we're also angry and want things to be better. Is is like the players are special and. And we want them to have a place here in Louisville to play, and we want it to be like as good as possible. Exactly. Here. Exactly. So, um, before we uh, before we cut to the break, how about we run down kind of at a high level the the sky blue portion of things to kind of lead into our conversation with Gary? All right, sounds good. So. This is real. The Cliff Note versions again. Like I said last week, I encourage you to read the EH report yourself. But as it pertains to Sky Blue, I mean that's obviously Christy Holly got his coaching start. Um, you know, long Sky st- Blue, which is now Gotham. Yes. Just so we're not confusing everybody going back and forth. <laughs> New Jersey, New York. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, ultimately his his relationship with the with the club deteriorated because uh, you know his, his his personality, which which you saw in the report itself about how abrasive he could be towards players, very hot and cold, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And and then his, you know, his alleged relationship with uh, Christy uh, Pierce Rapone, while he was her coach on the team, and those things kind of really ate into the the team's morale, their perceptions. Um, you know, one player was talking with the with the general manager Tony Novo, um, and um, they were saying, saying something to the effect, "He's like, is it bad?" And she's like, "You know, we've been telling you that it's bad." So, and I think you know, behind the scenes, they. That those are why the reasons why they they parted ways with him were the kind of those those two different factors, but publicly they put off a very different uh, explanation. It was it was very odd. It was very much a a, a mutual parting of ways. Is uh, how it was sold. He put up a tweet that sort of uh, Holly put up a tweet that sort of made it seem like he was just moving away from coaching. Like oh, it wasn't even did. sort of like that. Yeah, I mean, exactly that, what he his, said. His spin on it was like, I just, I just, admit, I came to the decision that the coaching's not for me, and and, I mean, uh, and and the team responded to that, I believe. Oh yeah, it was, yeah. It was pretty pretty glowing, like expressing their appreciation for everything he did, and so very much kind of sweeping some of those those concerns under the rug, which is part of the problem. And you know, not to fast forward too much, but I think that's why a lot of people are upset about the whole four cause thing rather than being forthright about what was happening there. Um, so and then you know and then it comes down to when you know Brad Estes and James O'Connor reached out to Sky Blue talking to you know, to the owner Tamaris about uh, about why why he was departed and I, I think there's some some differences on, I guess on the takeaways on on how it was perceived because I think after the fact Estes and O'Connor kind of said they got glowing reviews and then the report kind of indicated not so much but they also weren't pretty. Exactly forthright. So a lot we of can, we can we can get into more detail after we yeah. pay some bills. We gotta yeah, exactly. we gotta we gotta let people hear some ads first. Yeah, we're cut to commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk with Gary Gibson. So stay tuned. ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. You're listening to Soccer City, powered by your Kentuckiana Toyota dealers, right here on ESPN Louisville. 
Welcome back to Soccer City Radio on ESPN 688-1057. I'm Zach. I'm Benton. And Benton, if anyone wants to let their opinion know on any known on anything that's going on, we still have the text line open at love 437-9680. We would, we would love to hear from the people. Share your thoughts with us. I had fun doing that last week. I mean, like, it wasn't a fun conversation, but I, the interaction. It was nice was, to get to, to hear from people. Yeah, the one, yeah. Made, me, one made me laugh about it, um, NWSL Twitter. That was pretty good, whoever that was. So yeah. Props to you. Plus, if anything, it reminds me that, that someone other than you can hear me <laughs> right now, which is nice. My parents listen. They can hear you, too. Oh, yeah. Me and your parents. <laughs> I mean, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> oh, on, I forgot man. you were over there. Wow, really? <laughs> All right. So, back back to the topic at hand. Back to some more serious stuff. Yes. We are... I, I wish it were in under some nicer circumstances, but it's very... We have the pleasure of being joined by uh, Gary Gibson. Uh, today for from uh, soccerovergotham.com. He, he hosts podcasts. He he writes about the team. Um, Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, kind of like Zach said, wishes under uh, under better circumstances. But I'm, we'll I'm definitely try to have you back, maybe in better times <laughs> next yeah, year. Hopefully next year things will be better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, as, as you guys just had started, we've been doing this for about two years and everybody that we've contacted in Louisville has been so awesome and you guys are just so excited to talk about your team and there's so much energy and and again it is a shame that we have to talk under these circumstances since there's so much positive energy in the fandom around your team yeah Uh, thanks for that Uh, Mm -hmm. so you kind of you sort of you you got into a little bit you you mentioned you've been doing um, for two years but can can you let people know a little bit your history with with Sky Blue slash Gotham and like how you get got into to following the team and 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 and, and all that? Yeah, it was pretty pretty quickly. So, I in 2015-2016, I got the chance to have my niece and nephew up for summer. You know, I was going for the Uncle of the Year award and uh, I decided to so I have a student ticket holder for Red Bulls to take them some some Red Bulls games. They both played soccer. However, my niece also played soccer, so I wanted to take her to some of the women's games. So I popped on to one of the games that was local, which is the Sky Blue, and Sam Kerr was playing for the team, and she uh, scored a hat-trick from the mid-70 to mid-80 to come back and win the game, and it was just an amazing feeling. And then, honestly, I became a fan since then. Then once I started hearing about all the scandals and stuff, it just wanted me to, to like root for the players even harder. I'm glad that I like when when people kind of double down in support of the players rather than kind of I don't say run through things, but it, it can be challenging. So appreciate what you do through all this. And I mean, obviously, Gotham Sky Blue was was not one of the main focuses of the report. However, they did come up in the context of Christy Hawley. Can I get kind of your initial and your your fellow fans' reactions to the the, the Yates report, and particularly how it pertained to to your guys' clubs handling of things? Okay. We, like, I knew early on from digging around that Holly had a consensual relationship with one of the players, and that created a toxic relationship within the players. However, uh, it was not reported publicly that that was the case. So both the, I mean, this all starts with Tony Novo. He was the GM at the time of the Holly hiring, and then he oversaw the inadequate housing that the players had. There was broken windows and like cocaine in their beds and the team lacked adequate facilities at Rutgers like where they played like there was no changing rooms or showers and like after the scandal broke Novo basically left to resign on his own and the team called it mutual so like the players basically said that you know a a former player said 
that everything points at Tony Novo because he always did what was in the best interest of the team and not the players. And the ownership wished him well, including the Murphys who were at the top. Now, under with Holly, he had stepped back from his role, but Holly was let go for, from the team for verbal abuse and having a relationship with the player, again, with a toxic environment. But Tony Novo, when Holly was released, thanked Christy Holly for his contributions. Christy was always committed to Sky Blue, and he, did, he watched, wished him nothing but the greatest successes and for whatever he chooses going forward. And uh, it also goes back to ownership. So when racing uh, reached out to Sky Blue or Gotham, uh, the owner, Tamaris, basically stated that everything was good, that he left on his own terms, he stepped back, he would hire him again, essentially. And yeah, and that's how we got to that point. But for the fans, the fans didn't know why Christie was let go. And so the supporter group and most of the fans supported Holly through that time. We felt like almost he was the victim in this because he had a good relationship with the supporter group. He had a good relationship with the fans. And outwardly, it looked like the team was at fault. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard situation when you, when you don't know after the facts. So I'm sure like uh, you, you hear these rumors or whatnot and you don't know really what, the, what to think of them because they're, they're kind of that at that point, just, just rumors. So, and then I guess kind of having something validated, it's got to got to um, hurt a little bit so i mean well so and, overall and the holly relationship with the supporter group thing i think rings true to a lot of people here because I, I think mm-hmm. that that's a thing we've heard from the supporter groups is like he he always had like a good relationship with them I, like from the outside he always seemed like very personable and uh to, like you know you hear a, a very similar story from the outside of, of sort of how things happen here at, at, up until the very end. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can vouch firsthand. I talked with him a number of times. Like I was, I, I thought he, was, I thought he was really charming. I, had, you know, I had no idea. I could, like, I got it. I don't know. It was, it was tough. So overall, I guess this positive perception of Holly. I guess even despite, like, I you know, I know, record wasn't the uh, the best in the world during his time there. Yeah, but that was normal for Skyblow. <laughs> been unfortunately normal for us too we're trying to buck that trend though <laughs> yeah yeah so um after after this yates report has come out what what are we like a week and a half from it like and i have no mm-hmm. concept of time week, week and a bit what i guess what has the the club and i guess fans like reactions been been from the fall of this now learning kind of a lot of new pieces of, of news it's frustrating because we all wish we knew and the ownership at the time, Tamaris, who gave the good recommendation, uh, essentially stepped back from his role as, a, as an owner and says he's want to be a distraction. He said that he, you know, if he knew that there was any abusive behavior by Holly, he wouldn't have disclosed it. And said when he provided a reference, he only knew that Holly had a consensual relationship, which they both denied. So that part is really, really frustrating. And I think it speaks to the leak itself, because if you look at all these scandals, they all have a similar pattern where you know, it was covered up. Ownership didn't make it known to pub- to the public. They all looked into their own best interest. And that part is really, really frustrating. So, and to find out later on, especially with racing and us, that he didn't even have his coaching license for the level that he was supposed to be coaching at. The, the most frustrating part for me <laughs> reading that was, mm-hmm. yeah, a- after everything else, to find out that... <laughs> He didn't even have his license the entire time throughout all this. And then on top of that, him not having his license is the reason he's not in the safe space database. Yeah. Uh, ironic loophole. Yeah. Because as you as we look at this whole thing, 
coaching is a fraternity. So when we interview coaches on our podcast, I like to ask them like one question. I ask them like, how did this job become on your radar? Because usually it's like they're across the country from where the job is. And so they go, oh, I knew this coach, who knew this coach who plugged me in here. So it's all based on recommendations. It's not really based on merit. Uh, it's basically who you know. So if you're, let's say you're racing Louisville, you're a new ownership group, you're looking to hire a coach, you get a resume, you look at it, and all the coaches are saying, hey, hire this guy, he's good. And then you call the other call the other teams and they say, well, we don't know anything. Sounds good to me, right? So it's, it's all based on relationships because if you're an owner, a new owner, how do you know how to hire a coach, right? It's, it's tough. You, you, you go based off of those who, who are in a similar roles in other organizations, and that's unfortunately right. exactly what our, our club did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, just, it's always frustrating that you see that happen not just once, but twice. Yeah. Well, I mean, you talked about like it's a, a wider league-wide cultural thing. Something that really stuck out to me in the report on like the, the sky blue side is like when, when the team was aware that he was having a relationship with the player, it, there was like a, a little section in there that really stuck out to me in the front office that they had discussions and they, it's reported in the, in the Yates report that they, they didn't really know what to do about it because the league at the time did not have an official policy on, on coach and player relations that the team did not have a policy on it. And so, and I think you see, you see this a lot in a lot of these cases where it just, it, it, it seems like the league didn't have the infrastructure in place to handle a lot of this. And so a lot of the, a lot of the individual actors in a lot of these places sort of were flying blind because there were not there was not institutionally like a, a a system in place for like how do you deal with this like what is the proper response to this is this allowed or not allowed like um just a lack of preparation if, on the on the individual team's part and on the the league it, it really stands out to me yeah you're, you're correct they only had an anti-harassment policy last year that was the first time they had any policy in place that protected the players at all. The league itself was the was the third professional women's league that was out there. The first two completely failed. So I think they were more concerned about sustainability than anything else, and everything else was pushed to the side. As long as they kept growing and getting new sponsors and the league was growing, they were happy. But they left everything else to, to chance. Yeah, that's kind of since... Um bit them in in the butt a bit and um you know but like but to that point and and zach i don't think you were trying to to elude that they they could you know plead the fifth or naivety like that's like it's like hr 101 type Mm -hmm. of stuff you know like it's it's challenging and then to, to what you were saying before um gary about the the transparency about what happened i think that's a lot of what the frustration is on the racing little side of things they they use this nda and this uh this four cause explanation which i think it's almost like trying to double dip you know they're trying to they're trying to you know they're saying they're protecting the players also trying to protect themselves and and not get at the, the root of it kind of hoping that the four cause would would prohibit him from potentially coaching in Zach and I were talking about this beforehand. You kind of, and in youth, you talking about the other leagues, there's other leagues popping up in this country here. Who's to say that they won't, they're not going to, somebody else out there might you know, take a chance on and a former NWSL coach who's been at two different jobs. It's, it's a systematic You're failing. Right. It's a, it's a little bit um, disappointing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so you correct. mentioned, um, 
so the uh, the, the team owner uh, uh, has has put out a statement and it has stepped aside from operations um, for the time being. I, w- do you want to talk a little bit about sort of how that news has been handled? What the reaction to that among among the fan base has been? The, the around the fan base, it is essentially we're all a little suspicious at this point. So he was considered a very hands-on owner. So for this news to not reach his desk is pretty hard to believe. But again, a lot of the times with these ownership groups, there a lot of times they're just money men. Like um, the ownership of Gotham, which is the Murphys at the top of the, at the top. He's a governor of New Jersey. He doesn't really spend much time at the club. So when all this stuff started going down, he basically said, "Hey, I'm just a money guy. I don't I don't know anything else other than I'm putting money into this thing." Then when his wife Tammy took over and started showing interest in the team, that's when things started really going in the right direction. Unfortunately, the GM she hired ended up being the first casualty of the anti-harassment policy. But uh, for the most part, it was going in the right directions. But I still think the fans, just like everybody else, were suspicious and were waiting on the NWSLPA investigation to drop, and hopefully they'll dig a little bit deeper. You kind of kind of answered my next question a little bit, but I was I was I was going to yeah. ask about your I guess your optimism or pessimism levels with uh, you know over the next like month or so whenever we get kind of more information because I'm sure there'll still be we'll learn more about the the Gotham Sky Blue side of things. Yeah, I'm definitely pessimistic. Uh, I, I think there's more stuff coming out, and I'm just bracing for it. And you know, every time we think it's like what was I saying? It's like an onion. You know, they keep peeling back the layers, and it just. <laughs> It's the same thing as you go down. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're all tired. Uh, I think we're all exhausted by this. And, you know, again, I started getting into this last year, and I knew a little bit, but I got a complete education on systems of power, who wields power, who abuses it, who covers up power, uh, abuses of power. And it's been, a, it's been a whirlwind, and I can't wait for it to stop. Yeah. Me either, but I am. I am also pretty pessimistic that it'll stop soon. I think, with these sort of things, it, it seems like once once the dam starts to break, then you start to hear more and more stuff, and more information tends to drip out. And so, I I think over the next period of time, we have not found out everything we're going to find out at, at this point. It'll get worse before it gets I think better. On both the racing and the Gotham side, because I think one thing that strikes me reading the report is it sort of is kind of fuzzy. The, the, the specific timeline around Holly's termination at, at Sky Blue, there are like some details and, and a little bit of justification, but the, it's it's not as detailed as other parts of the report are. And and yeah. and I think on the racing, and I, I think the actual firing and the events leading up to that are are very detailed. In but uh, I think I think there's still as with anything like this, I think there's still a lot of stories to be told and come out. So I, I, I definitely don't think we've heard everything we'll hear. Yeah, I don't think Simon was the only player at you know at racing, and I don't think Pierce was the only player at Sky Blue. Uh, so it's, it's again, it's, it's more, but I think the most frustrating thing is that there was not a single good actor from all the, from the top to the bottom of the soccer pyramid. 
that you feel like there's like no safe space. No in one's higher than all this in the entire levels. Yeah, that's that's re- that's really well put. It's and I think that's the that's the really sad thing is that what, you know what could have happened if if somebody had stepped up fully. But I think what we're going through right. now is important, and 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 I would like to. I'm 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 not, I'm not optimistic about news in the next month, but I I would like to think that that going through this and airing out a lot of this can get us into a better place in the future than we were in the past. Some. Yeah, if they, if, they, if they abide by the recommendations by Sally Yates, I think we're going to, going to be in a pretty good spot. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's the only way forward is to listen to Sally Yates' recommendations to put them into place. We need more players, more former players. and Oh, that's our big one color. here. Yep. Need some more former players in the front office. Yep. Yeah, sunlight 100%. is the best disinfectant, and I'm hoping. Yeah, again, we have a brighter future from all this. Um, Gary, yeah. we're we're out of questions for you, but before we go, give you one more opportunity. Where can uh, um, to plug your stuff? Where can people find you at um, on socials, online, whatnot? Okay, the best place to find us will be at Twitter at Over Gotham Pod. Find us there. We're we're very big. We're trying to connect every fan from around the world to this club and make them feel like they have a voice in it. So we're very interactive. We do a lot of fan stuff, but we also have one interview, one player interview a month over on our uh, podcast at Soccer Over Gotham. You can also check us out at Soccer Over Gotham at Instagram. We do post-game pressers live on the Instagram. There's a lot of fan content, a lot of interactions, and yeah, yeah, we look forward to finding everybody anywhere where they are. Awesome. Well, Gary, thank you so much again for joining us. Hopefully, we'll get you back on here next year when uh, when we play each other and hopefully have a more fun conversation, a little more in it towards the sport. Absolutely. Guys, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Any any bit helps, and we need more people like you, uh, you know, amplifying these players' voices. Well, thank you. Thank appreciate you. it. Take care, Gary. Again, that was Gary Gibson from SoccerOverGotham.com. And one thing I didn't get to to say on the front end of things is is our conversation here. I didn't I didn't want this to come across as that we we're trying to kind of shift any sort of blame. And I think our conversation kind of reflected that yeah. a bit. But I do think it is important to kind of see how I think, like we mentioned, I think it's, our it's, it's our two team soccer fates are are intertwined in here in a, in a way that they can't be separated. So I think it's really important to hear. So the other side of what's going on, I know for myself is like all the stuff that has come out. Like I still feel kind of like I haven't gotten to take in the news from around the league just because I've been trying to you know, focus on my own house and whatnot. So it's, I think it's also good to hear, hear all that else is going on because it's not just a racing. It's a fuller, bigger issue that we're, we're battling here. And again, not trying to, take away from from what uh, any issues with the club itself but uh but the nwsl has a has a big problem and i hope future uh better days lie ahead yep got tongue-tied there anyway let's uh let's go ahead and cut to commercial break when we come back we'll talk about uh louisville city and what they've been up to lately so make sure you stay tuned here to espn 680 105.7 You're locked on Soccer City, powered by your Kentuckiana Toyota dealers, right here on ESPN Louisville. Welcome back to Soccer City Radio. I'm Benton. I'm Zach. Zach, what's on your mind? You got you got that look in your eye. <laughs> I did want to, so we I didn't have a chance to get into it with Gary, but when we brought up their owner stepping aside, potentially... Um, uh, not permanently until the until the the next report comes out from the NWSL. I mean, he mentioned that I think rightfully that the fans do not trust that 
maybe that's necessarily on the level and that might be just kind of a PR move. But I, I will say from the other end of it, I would gladly take a meaningless PR accountability over what we've got, which is just nothing right now. Yeah, the, the silence has been a been a little bit it would be, disappointing. I know that yeah. they can't talk about things within the investigation, but they can talk about things about the organization. Yeah. People can step aside until the other investigation comes back. I think that would probably make a lot of people feel better. Or really just anything that they're doing to kind of rectify the misses. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice if we heard something. So... Um, All right, we got to see later. We, we got a little city game couple, to talk about. We do have a couple texts, by the oh, way. I want to hear oh, we got text. some texts. UPS jobs text I want to hear for the people. Yep, UPS jobs text line four three seven nine six eighty. Texter says, "Can't listen live, but that doesn't mean I can't roast you on the text line, Benton." <laughs> There we go. I I do my best live, but I I can take all the help I can get. It's Hope or Robin, I bet. And as a perfect segue, Texter says, are you going to talk about the men's team? (laughs) I'm glad you bring that up because that is on the list. Because you know what? Although we had this cloud looming above our head, we had a big game with Detroit. And to be honest, those fans really annoy me on Twitter. Like, really annoy me. So I want to beat them. Detroit fans being annoying on Twitter of all places? Shocker. We beat them. We did beat them, and that was great. Now, I want to talk about that match, but the first half of that match, I kind of felt like the team was like a little flat, And but one thing I don't know is like, was that maybe me being in my feelings and talking to my seatmates just about everything going on and kind of being distracted and upset and us not scoring? Like, was, well, there, was there that element of play, or do you, or do you think that... We keep hearing from the players how important it is to have us there cheering them on and being loud, and I think maybe we got a little bit of a, a first-hand glimpse of if you play it from a quiet stadium what it looks like yeah it was it was kind of weird because uh, the scouts decided they decided they would cheer and i'm not judging that at all i'm judging it i don't like that anyway (laughs) i could hear in my in my right ear i could hear that the fans cheering us up there on my left ear i couldn't hear anything it was just this like kind of weird jarring effect and so i don't know there might have been a lot going on in my head but overall like i mean they scored first they scored in that first half we didn't we were we were going down the halftime so it was a bad look um Antoine Hopeno scored the goal, and I was kind of hoping he wouldn't celebrate. You know, that's kind of like a thing that some players do when they score against their former club. Did you think of all people he was that good celebrate? (laughs) But at the same time, like, well, it's Antoine Hopeno, so I'm not holding my breath at all on that one. And of course, he didn't. But I mean, that's kind of on brand for him, so I'm not like mad about it. It was just one of those curiosity. I was watching: is he going to celebrate? Is he not? Probably. I was not curiosity. I don't think. It was a passing thought in my mind, <laughs> worthy of mentioning. However, second half looked a lot better. Went to a back three formation. Um, it's my understanding that bringing Josh in was a pre-scheduled endeavor, and uh, so I think Paula was a was a victim of of that change. But it worked out wonderfully because they start they really kicked into the gear there. It was a, they looked like a rejuvenated team. But that's kind of been the story of of this uh, of this team this season. They've been a second half team. Yeah, and I think that's indicative of of a team that's well coached. They make good halftime adjustments. They have good game plans. Like they they win the the second half. Yeah, and I mean you you know when they don't have the best first half, like oh man, like I don't want to be in that locker room. My coach Cruz is probably giving it to him. Like that one game with Super well, Drew. Super Drew probably couldn't be in the half uh, in the locker room at halftime. I think it's not just like pump up speeches, but like they make tactical changes. I mean we saw oh, yeah. it here. Like they changed they changed formation. You said it was pre planned, but still it worked. Yeah, and no, and I'm and I'm sure he saw something there. He wouldn't have he probably wouldn't have done that if he didn't think that was going to be at least partly a solution there. But they looked a lot better, and you know we we, we walked away at the victory, got a good win. I beat Detroit again. Whew, thank God, I did not want to hear from that fan base. 
about beating us. Like, That'd be annoying. I feel like a little bit of a fortunate bounce on that on that first goal. Yeah, probably. But yeah. you know what? It took advantage of it. Yeah, they're all worth the same. So anyway, that win in combination with results from elsewhere, which I believe it was a Memphis loss, gave us that first in the East we have been after. Yay. You gotta, we gotta be more excited than that. Like, cause it's hard to be excited about anything right now. <laughs> I'm trying. All right, I'm trying. They did. I, I, I want. I want to still support the 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 players. I'm very happy for the players. Yes, they they worked hard for that, and 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 they're deserving of that. But um, finally got that secured, meaning that our last match is a, for lack of a better term, a meaningless match. But it's meaningless a chance bat- to- match against a terrible team, Hartford. Yeah, um, I, I, I guess that is kind of nice that you can kind of use them as a as a bit of tune up. Here's my question for you: Are you starting a full powered eleven, or are you doing like a full rotation to like rest people? I see no reason to rotate because they're coming off a week and a half break. They've got a, a normal break before the next game. Uh, I think maybe you risk losing some momentum, changing up the roster a bunch week to week uh, so I, I say people maybe don't play as many minutes as they normally do but I don't see any reason not to start you know the the lineup you expect to be your playoff go-to lineup and, and use this to tool up for the playoffs yeah I, I agree with that again with the amount of time we've had between the Detroit match and this upcoming match on Saturday plus and- I, there's some injury trouble the, the, the bench is not as deep as it has been yeah uh, Currently, and that's the one thing I might might say. I guess depending on the fitness of uh, of some of the players, if they have anything sort of lingering, whether it is or is not kind of officially listed, yeah, I'm not putting anybody out there that's questionable for sure. Yeah, I do think we see somebody like Cam who's kind of getting back into gear, see more minutes than he had been previously getting. I don't know if that means he starts or comes in earlier than he than he had been in his matches. Get him more in action, like a Brian Ownby. I don't probably not starting, but coming in at least for a certain extent, yeah. getting things fine tuned because again, it's I just an awkward gap. Cold. Old, but yeah exactly it, it, but also no reason to play anybody more minutes i think we got to. that the time wise we got that good balance whereas if we do play our, our kind of i'll say our normal stars our, our best yeah. 11 it keeps them fresh enough we don't want to run into a situation that the nwsl is in where teams got to take two full weeks off before they play their playoff game after the end of the season <laughs> Go into it. I know you went oh, around about it. I, it's, we didn't have time to get to it in the first block, but that it's a perfect segue. That though. dang league and the federation, and they can't get the schedule figured out, and it's so frustrating. Why are you taking a week off to play a meaningless friendly in Europe? You got they have a weeknight friendly against Spain in Europe the week of the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> you know, it's especially weird because it's it's my understanding that the. That, that the U.S. national like women's team, they really push these players to be part of the NWSL. But then at the same time, the NWSL and these friendlies and these matches don't seem to kind of go hand in Never hand. Never seem to be on the same page. Plus, I, I mentioned the two weeks off because like, they took a week off to do these friendlies, but then also the top two seeds get a bye week in the playoffs. So if you are if you are one of the top seeds, you've now got two full weeks in between end of the season and your playoff game. And I feel like that's that's too long. Like one bye week is good. That lets you give you some rest. Two bye weeks is when you start to get rusty. Do you th- I mean, do you think they schedule some like closed door like friendly like on the on the on the download? Like keep them fresh or what, like, do you just have like a hard practice? What, what do you you do can't there? replicate a game really though. I, I mean, with the atmosphere and not now, but yeah. I guess you can play a unfamiliar opponent like a, another team. I don't know, but who I don't know. I, I, it's, it's just a bad it's a bad 
bad way to schedule. <laughs> yeah. 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 So <laughs> again, anyway, I'm, I'm Louisville, not, did, Louisville does not have that problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath as it relates to the World Cup and the schedule. In there, no, we've previously talked about different potential solutions. I have very low expectations, but I got to say, if they decide to do the Challenge Cup during the World Cup, that's the best thing they could do. And I really hope they can work that out. And I have very little faith that they will. <laughs> yeah, not, not holding my breath. Um, I do have a question. It's kind of pivoting back to the Louisville City side of things. As we kind of look forward to the playoffs, there's still like a lot of question marks of who's going to land where in the standing. So we don't really have a good sense yet of who we're going to potentially play in the playoffs. But I want to hear from you. What teams scare you in the playoffs? I mean, I I think this t- I. I think very highly of this Louisville City team, and I think there's very few teams that can give them a legitimate scare. I want to hear from you what you think, who you think those teams are. So either, either side, either side of East or West. Two, no disrespect to the other teams, but the two I'm focused on right now, I, I feel like Birmingham has played very good to close the season out, and so it, it's going to be a home game against Birmingham. So that's good, but I, I think they they have spoiler potential. I think they just locked up the fourth seed. Uh, so they they, they got will a, be they got a home they will be getting a home game, but that that's a team that's a team that that could do some damage in the playoffs. And after the way the last two games have gone, man, Memphis coming here that could that could go anyway. Those those got heated. the The home team lost both of the matchups this year. I think I think Memphis is a big like who if that if that ends up being the Eastern Conference final. Or whatever, like who knows what could happen in that game? <laughs> like, yeah. That game might finish seven on eight. <laughs> Me- yeah, Memphis is scary just because a lot of the a lot of the shenanigans could really impact things. I'm getting flashbacks of the Bengals in 2015 and how they blew that playoff game against the Steelers. Ugh. But um, you know, lot of lot of respect for them. They're a good team. Same with Birmingham, really awesome team. I'm surprised that you didn't list the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I, uh, I mean, I think I think Memphis and. And Birmingham have been hotter as of late. But just the fact that they're the Rowdies and they've just kind of been our boogeyman, you don't think that plays into things at all? Nah, man. I think if we get a home game against the Rowdies, team team wants to take care of business in that one. Yeah. Especially after the last, last couple seasons. We'll see. After this weekend, we'll have a good sense of how things are going to shake out. We'll get that first round by. But first up, we got to play Hartford regardless. So, you know, it's at home. Yep. Last, uh, last chance to see that in the tune-up. So I'm excited. Um. Yeah, I'm as I'm excited, I'm excited as I can be. It should be a comfortable win. They're not a good team. We know that. So, anyway, thank you guys for joining us here on ESPN 680 1057. I'm Benton. I'm Zach. Catch you guys next week. Jesse out. Tired of eating the same homemade meals over and over again? Want to switch it up? LocallyOwnedDelivery.com safely brings the restaurants to you. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, they'll bring it to you. Delivery.com delivers some of the finest restaurants in Metro Louisville. Miss going out to eat but still want to support your favorite restaurants? Delivery.com has got you covered. Use promo code ORDERNOW for $10 off your next order. Sit back, relax, your meal's on its way. Delivery.com. We bring the restaurants to you. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? 
the pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Injured in a car accident? Visit suedistracteddriver.com.